Okay, let me let me just do this thing because I've let other people say it and just not shut them up a few times, but it just need to bite the bullet here. Um, if you could go to your podcast app, internet browser, whatever you use to listen to this show and other shows, leave a, a like, a subscribe, a review. I'd really appreciate it. It'd really help us out. I'd like to know what you're thinking of the show. Um, I also have a YouTube page, YouTube backslash pa howdy i think but it's also in the description of the show um i'd really like to know if you're enjoying the videos or which videos are helpful or not helpful liking and subscribing i'm assuming you know how youtube works finally i also have a patreon page um it's free almost everything i post on there is free i do try and keep a few little things for patreons to say thank you but like access to it is for all levels support on there is just support it's not a product i'm selling i try not to do ads i don't do ads anywhere <laughs> um i don't sell you anything but if you have a dollar this month or every month three dollars or whatever you can or can't afford it's just fine with me but i'd really appreciate any help you could give me with any of that if you find any value entertainment or anything else in any of my work so yeah, ch check them out, I guess. And now I have fully sleezed myself up. Uh, we need to do something else. Really appreciate it. Uh, let's go. Let's let's do something more fun. Okay. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>
I was pretty interested. I, I had a, I knew the Chiefs were going to win. Uh, I, th- I think, you know, smart money was going towards the Chiefs and minus nine line uh, going right. into the game. I mean, it felt pretty good for the Chiefs to win that matchup. Um, I, I didn't think it was going to be this definitive. I mean, Texans just look sloppy out there. Um, you know, some, some of the offensive pieces look pretty good, but I, I can't really get over how good, you know, game, game one, I know JJ Zacharyson, he mentioned that the, the only context we really have to a season like this was back in 2011 where there was a strike. And he said week one, there, most of the games end up hitting the over, um, which is kind of contrary to what people would think with limited uh, practices that it would just be sloppy football and a lot of these we games tend to be pessimistic under. early on right right we're just a little right. pessimistic early on right right and we so, like to think things warm up mm-hmm. and i mean the, the chiefs looks like the exact same team from last year which makes sense because it is essentially the last same team is last year um but yeah i mean they they were super super efficient the entire game there so uh, really impressed with the Chiefs and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, man. I know you weren't a fan when when we last talked. I wasn't a fan. You were. You were. I, I definitely was. I mean, I, I got him ranked uh, higher than a lot of people. I got him on my SBF X team, for example, when I've been doing. Uh, I've been. I mean, that was very cold, boring, dry breakdown football wise. Obviously, I didn't watch, so I don't suffer from having to do realistic takes on a football game. But um, I did enjoy a full night of Twitter pretending to engage in week one definitive takes. And that it was good to have football back, just to say it yeah. that way. Even Twitter was more fun with an actual football game to talk about. Um, Damon Williams or Darrell Williams, uh, was it was his season. Then it was uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire season. Then it was Darrell Williams season again. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I feel a little – I felt a sinking feeling watching the game in that I re-realized how stupid it is just never to be fully on the Patrick Mahomes trend. Right. Like, it's not like I don't have Patrick Mahomes or a lot of chief shares or that like I, like everyone else, don't have them ranked really highly. But, like, it feels like w- I forget every time I'm they're not playing, not that I watch every time yeah. they're playing and, and I'm not watching, that um, f- somehow we forget pleasure. <laughs> like, we forget yeah. exactly how easy it looks. Um, and I was watching it thinking, this is all Mahomes. Like I've got a lot of takes. I, I, and I want to talk about Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And I think you, I, I can't really deny again, that you've got to believe in the player. That's what I was saying about Clyde Edwards Hilaire based on his right. draft capital, based on his overall production. I did. I, I had him and JT as a joint uh, first rookie pick for this year. And they kept flip-flopping them. Um, that's what I've been saying in the off season. And um like, but still, like, remove Mahomes from that offense, and I just got this overwhelming understanding of why Jacob Rick Road is probably right more often than he's wrong, despite the fact I like to argue about him. Like, that this chief offense, it all looks so easy, so effortless. Yeah. Like, it's never in doubt, really. Like, a little bit early when they miss that first touchdown, maybe, because um, of a callback, or he didn't hit the goal line. I forget which one that was. But, like, then it just – it was never in doubt. And the Texans aren't a bad team. They have a fully stocked squad. You've got J.J. Watt. You've got De- – and it might be worth writing down right now that uh, Deshaun Watson's a really good quarterback. 
Like, right. because we might need to remember that by the middle or end of this season. Like, I have no no questions. He's a really good quarterback, and it's looking, like you said, like it's not going to be easy to remember that always this year. I mean, he saved a lot of the overall numbers in garbage time, or what we call garbage time, yeah. in this particular game. But, I mean, there's he's undeniably good, which just brings to the former what you were saying. I mean, this it didn't look good. A lot of it, the team struggled. It never looked like they were in con- uh, they were contesting the overall game score. Um, yeah, it was bad. So, yeah, I had that sinking feeling of, man, I should just always be a lot higher on the Chiefs than it's reasonable as long <laughs> as Patrick Mahomes there. And the yeah. other thing is, and maybe this is because I'm a pessimistic kind of guy, I hate it when everything goes right week one. I hate it when I'm not surprised because there's going to be pain, and I'm all about the tilt. I love yep. experiencing the tilt. It's probably why I love football um, and fantasy football. I love the tilt. But, like, this this was kind of, like you said, this was as expected, even yep. to the point where Sammy Watkins goes off and you're like, yeah, it's week one, of course. <laughs> <laughs> like, even that's like, yeah, of course, of course he's the leading receiver in week one. We right. saw that. We've seen this story before. But, like, it's, it's all going to surprise us. And despite the fact that I'm pretending, you know, I really was pretending to have strong week one takes. Like, it's really not going to matter to week three. And then it's not going to matter to week five before we're really going to handle on what's going on here. So despite the fact, especially Clyde Ebersolaire, let's go there first, I guess. His stat line, if you didn't get to watch, and I'm sure everyone interested in football did, but still, um, it's going to look great. But it wasn't as expected in that regard. He was not a receiver. I think he got two targets, mm-hmm. maybe a couple more I didn't see towards the end of the game. Yeah. Or not see, sorry. Um, and it was all ground and pound. He had a huge red zone presence, which is going to be huge for him moving forward, especially in statistical, analytical type circles, plus Chiefs offense. Um, very unlucky or bad, depending on who you listen to. Either way, if he's got the red zone presence, statistics are going to love that, especially early on, how it looks right now. Um, but yeah, he he didn't put away any. I think he had three goal line attempts. He, he had repeated goal line attempts and won the same drive at one point and wasn't able to put any of them away. Um, a lot of his runs were huge. That's why his overall rushing yards look good on fewer attempts. So I guess anyone who still listens to yards per carry, which you should not at all, at ever, just delete it. To stop looking at that column, um, is probably going to look positive as well. But he wasn't, right. he wasn't producing yards the way David Johnson was, and he was in this game too, looking every inch the running back he was last year, but underused. <clears throat> SFB nine flex, um, <laughs> uh, or anything else. Uh, but he, he didn't look like Barkley. He didn't look like that kind of player. It was surprising to see him not using the receiving game more i'd feel a lot more comfortable if he was but you know it's week one his his role there hopefully will grow and it's chief offense this is guy who's clearly above the talent they've had there before because he's able to take advantage of it he did not look or does not seem sorry it's a better way of saying it for me um like a player who would on bog standard offense would be you know a clear top five running back by himself like Saquon Barkley. I think Barkley could be, he is basically now anywhere. He's not on a great team. There's not a lot to help him out, but there's no qualms in putting that talent in the top five in dynasty or in redraft. But I didn't, don't think we see that from Clyde Edwards Lair. I think we see definitely better than they've had since Kareem Hunt. 
Um, and that's what his profile and draft capital suggested, which was, again, my whole argument. Um, and Chiefs offense pushes you over the edge. So yep. it looks like we've got a top 12 running back on our hand, kind of as expected. Top five, it's it's harder for me to get him in that region when I'm not, I don't think, I still don't think I see what, I'll, like Ray GQ was fully on uh, the Clyde Ebersolide talent take. I can't say I went there. I went high enough to believe he could do it as a player, not just because of the offense, but the offense is, I think, clearly is helping him out. Um, but interject any time. You disagree with something, or um, what, what What do you feel about him after yeah, seeing I mean, the first I mean, week? He, he's he's going to get the opportunity regardless of game script. And, I mean, you saw in this game, it, it was kind of like the Clemson effect, right, where the Chiefs go up really early, and then Patrick Mahomes just gets to hang out the entire game. I mean, he only had 211 yards in this game and he was 6.6 yards per uh, reception for Patrick Mahomes today. And obviously that's not a very good stat to look at, but that just shows that he didn't have to go downfield like he typically does. He has the capability to do that. He just had to play an efficient game where he ends up with three touchdowns, makes the offense look fantastic. So in this type of game where they're going up huge, I mean, you saw, you know, that that was kind of the concern is that he wouldn't get a full running back workload. I was going to say, that's how I was going to start this. I was going to say my stats app must be broken because apparently a small quote-unquote running back got 25 carries. What? That's not even possible. Right. God, size Twitter is just yeah refuses to learn. Yeah. <laughs> um, but- and, and, and now people are just moving the goalposts and they're like, oh, he got no, he, he got two targets, so he's not going to be used in the, he's just a small Derrick Henry, you know? And so that's what's how you just keep on moving the goalposts to, Right. meet what your what your bias is in terms of a certain front but we saw today i mean he went he the, the chiefs went up early and he got 25 carries and he was really efficient with them because you're going to be really efficient in that chiefs offense and i'm, I'm sure there are going to be games where he's going to have less carries and he's going to have more uh more pass attempts headed his way because he has that capability to do so um, and it, what that, do you think of, uh, sorry, what do you think of Darren Williams now? My thought is that this could, since it's just week on, evenly be a backfield that flips one to the other. But I'm I'm now solidly on my same take, which is Clyde Edwards Hilaire is just a slightly cut above and the team thinks that. So if it was Darren Williams because of an injury or because of this game script, he wouldn't be what Clyde Edwards Hilaire was this week. But he was still be okay and he can still be okay in spots and um, personally i think you hold him if someone else drops him or devalues him after week one i mean that's ridiculous but like um i think he's a strong hold because he showed on his few touches i think that he can do a damian williams impression at least right right so i mean it's, it's fine and on the chiefs offense it might flex value but you take him out of your flex ranks for now like right that's right. not he, he's a he's a one of the premier handcuffs in, in the league and Ooh, i mean you, you, you saw it. i i hate handcuffs but that's, that's kind of what he is he had seven carries tonight 23 yards it was fine he got a couple of receptions too but i mean if for any reason Clyde edwards hilaire goes down yeah i mean he's a average running back and a good offense so uh it's it's tough to find running backs at all you know especially towards the middle part of the season so i i, I think i'm with you there on on a hold but just with the idea that he's probably just a handcuff and a guy who will get 10 or less touches a game yeah hopefully if you're rostering him it's because you don't have Clyde Edwards Hilaire because that's where you do a handcuff I do think since it's only one week it could be a backfield that flips back and forth I haven't seen enough of Darren Williams to know 
But given his draft capital, I'm very comfortable saying Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can do that. So I would say also Hulk, we might see that it's more of a committee than week one looked. Um, but still, very much, he, he's a difficult start in week two. I wouldn't put yeah. him in the flex consideration week two uh, unless we see that that drastic back and forth, which at this point I'm not expecting. But um, it's always best to go higher on a player when other people start going low. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Sammy Watkins is uh, Chiefs wide receiver one now, right? <laughs> I'm, I mean, it, it, it just was the perfect, perfect game for the perfect narrative. Now <laughs> Sammy Watkins is going to fool all fantasy managers into wondering when they can play him. It was it's it's honestly the worst thing that could have happened because if you have Sammy Watkins for whatever reason now you're gonna sit there and doubt just the entire week of is is he real because you know he he's a, I think he's a fine talent you know in terms of a wide receiver talent I, th- he, I think he's a good player he can do what he needs to to catch big bombs from Patrick Mahomes and that right. says what it says I mean that's fine and we saw him do that all last year. That's what I mean about as expected. It's really uncomfortable to be in a place where you're like, yeah, like you saw last year. That's pretty much all we have to add after seeing the first game. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly what we saw last year. And what we imagine the Texans to be with DeAndre Hopkins, which you said they look sloppy, but for me it really felt like you've got enough talent on this depth chart. Will Fuller's managing like a 31% target share with 10 Mm -hmm. targets. Like easily one of the best so far values um this off season because in a right. terrible game he's got you what uh, 15 ppr points i think yep they have they do seem and i have to have to see the a stats they do seem to have re- his a dot's been pulled back a little bit he's playing slightly differently without deandre hopkins on the field i think but he was always a, a higher volume higher touchdown guy than his physical outlook made him seem to be fair but yeah, I mean, he, he's going to be the wide receiver one as long as he's healthy. Cooks clearly the wide receiver two, but still good. Yeah. And um, so, I, like Texans looked like you expect without a magic maker like DeAndre Hopkins on the field. Like they traded like the JJ Watt for the offense, a guy who's just a different kind. Like Will Fuller's exceptionally good, right? But DeAndre Hopkins is just a different kind of cat, and even being inefficient, it's always been very clear he makes he can make stuff happen in a game like this where you're clearly overmatched, but you've got good players. You've got a great quarterback. Jondra Hopkins can really strike a spark or strike a match or whatever the typical cliche is. And with that, that's what felt like was missing to me, which seems like the most obvious answer, you know, and David Johnson was great, but you know, Jondra Hopkins, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and, kind of what you were saying with the Will Fuller, I guess, uh, air yards and route tree and everything. I mean, you, you can kind of see in that game because typically last season, you know, he's just running as far as he can down the field and he's getting a thousand air yards game. And um, it, it looks like they just tried to pivot him directly into DeAndre Hopkins role. And that, I mean, that, that makes me feel great in terms of like a fantasy manager for Will Fuller. He's going to get the volume and he, he still had some good targets downfield. I think it may take a while for him to get adjusted to that role. Um, but I mean, that, that that's kind of what they're doing. They're not really taking the offense and adapting it to the players they have. They're just kind of copying and pasting last season's offense with these <laughs> new players. And so, and Bad I thought, I thought their offensive line was going to be better. Yeah. I, I thought their offensive line was supposed to be better this year. And honestly, it looked traumatic out there. Sean Watson, every single time he snapped the ball, two seconds and he has defenders in his face. 
And you know, that's See, that's the something I wouldn't. Thinking. That's really something I wouldn't notice. I don't. I don't evaluate through film. I just enjoy the games. And that's a really good point. It's still week one. And I mean, every podcast in the mother is going to have to mention, you know, Sammy Watkins went off week one last year and everything else. But like, that was my fear this off season. It's like this matters for the units that have to gel more than the individual units. Wide receivers are more individually. They rely more on themselves than most of the players on the team. Whereas the offensive line, the running back and the quarterback all have to work. I mean, you can be Aaron Rodgers, you can be Russell Wilson, you can overcome a little bit. But Deshaun Watson was, I, I saw him make some brilliant moves trying to get out of uh, defenders getting into the backfield there. Don't get me wrong, he's capable of that, but it's it's just harder. So that, right. that's a really good point that um, the offensive line hopefully will improve, I guess. Do you think it will, or is it just bad? I, I don't know. It, you know, it, it's a small sample, one game. Uh, that tonight didn't give me very much confidence. Chris, Chris Jones is really good. Um, okay. I mean, honestly, the Chiefs defensive line is probably the most underrated in the NFL, if not already acclaimed. It's a good D line. Um, it, so I, I'm not a super big offensive line savant and being able to like understand what they did well. Uh, right. I just noticed that Deshaun Watson, he was, he was running for his life. He's one of the better players at being able to get out of that kind of stuff. But I mean, you know, your, your offense is difficult. Gonna <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really difficult when you got big, huge, very athletic and talented guys literally in your face. And like I said, right. even just as a casual football watcher fan, like I, I, I saw him shake some stuff that I don't think most human beings could do. But I mean, there's a limit. There's a limit even to the best. Um, so hopefully they'll get better. I, I do. I still have hopes that they can produce significantly better than they did except for garbage time tonight and i mean yep. not every and not every opposition is the chiefs to be fair yeah so i know you mentioned david johnson earlier he looks really good and i know that's going to be kind of a popular topic is how healthy he looks <laughs> and everything but I, I i just wanted to bring it up i'm not saying that he's the david johnson of old that w- could have had a thousand <laughs> yards rushing a thousand yards receiving at one yeah. point in his career but you know he he looks healthy enough and competent enough to be better than Carlos Hyde was last year in that offense, and that's something. David you know. Johnson looked great. Yeah, I mean, I was in all in on David Johnson last year. This year, I was like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I love that range of running backs where I like to take a few wide receivers where I shouldn't because it's evil apparently. Um, so that range of running backs come in into focus for me quite a lot when I, I build up my projections, ADP, and ranks and stuff. But um. Yeah, I mean, David Johnson's never looked bad. Anyone who said he... I, I really don't think so. I mean, he had... He did have a 1,000, 1,000 upside at one point. He's a really good player. I don't know. I know enough to say he can't hit that ceiling he used to. But, I mean, running back is, like I was saying, more team-dependent uh, unless you are Saquon Barkley. And as good as I think David Johnson is, it's just... It's, it's not even that you're not Hall of Fame-worthy talent-wise to not be someone that can do it as a running back with zero help. Like that's, <laughs> that's otherworldly. Frankly, a wide receiver can't reach that level of unhelpfulness, except for you, maybe Larry Fitzgerald and Alan Robinson in a few spots. <laughs> and maybe they've had it as difficult as running back could to do that. But yeah. Um, yeah. Jeremy Johnson looks great. I, I think top 12 is definitely in his range of outcomes again this year. 
And like I say, I'm not so woefully down on Texans after seeing this game that I think it's outside the range. Like, I, I think he's there. But it's abundantly clear, even as a casual watcher, that, yeah, Bill O'Brien don't got nothing. That hope that maybe there was something special in the back, Bill Belichick tree and all. Like, no, the DeAndre Hopkins, uh, it was just bad. The team, right. the team can be good, like can be as good as any fan of the team wants to be. Really can because it's got a great quarterback. It's got some incredibly talented players there. Hopefully, the O line can get better. Well, yeah. Fuller is a great wide receiver. So is Brandon mm-hmm. Cooks. And um, I guess the only other surprises or notables were like Randall Cobb was basically missing from the game. Yeah, but you know, um, we drafted him in that range of hopefully he can have flex value. Wide receiver is only twenty four deep folks still but still um and and again like the, the mccall hardman love and again one week it's going to be him like this week it was sammy watkins because it's patrick mahomes and the chiefs but right. like anyone surprised by mccall hardman was really injecting some serious uh misguided from my that's what i've got that's that's where i'm at in mccall hardman i haven't seen nothing that would expect him to be here anything i mean tyreek hill has Sammy Watkins does it every now and again, so we expect that. McCall Harmon hasn't even done enough to me for me to really expect Sammy Watkins out of him. Um, right. So I wasn't surprised by that particularly, but I enjoyed other people being surprised maybe. Um, <laughs> did you have strong Randall Cobb and McCall Harmon takes we need to adju- address? Um, so Randall Cobb was one of my, I, I don't know if favorite's the right word, but a guy I was p- taking a lot in like the last round of drafts. Right, Just, right. Just, just because he, he is a talented receiver, he did quietly have 800 yards last year on Dallas being the number three receiver. Um, he he is going to probably be playing a lot of snaps considering the only other wide receiver that was out on the field besides Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks was Andre Carter. Um, so he's probably going to be playing a lot of snaps. And so I think that that in itself is worth that 15th round pick. But as you said, he was almost non-existent. Um, yeah, he, he's a... <laughs> I don't know if this rings true because they're very different players with who have hit different levels, but like he's like a discount uh, Larry Fitzgerald. It's like you don't right. expect his ceiling anymore, but he's still above average. Like he's still better than fifty percent of the wide receivers in the league. He's still a top forty wide receiver, like he was in that quiet season last year that you mentioned. Yeah, and he's going to be better than ninety percent of rookies that go to any team. I mean, he's good. He's a good NFL player at this point in his career. But I mean, this is the problem with a deep receiver, right? He's not someone you can start every week. Yeah, and you know, it, it's one of those guys where if you just have no one else to start, you'll get like four points is a floor, four to seven points. Right. And sometimes, sometimes that's fine. It, it, just so you're not getting zeros with the guy that you're throwing in there. So, um. You know, value over stream to that top 24 isn't as significant as drop as those top 24 running backs to the top 36 running backs. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. But um, I don't think it was, it's still a value if we get those occasional four points from Cobb at the last round of dress. So right. I don't think it was surprising. I, I, that's, I get the impression that when people see wide receiver as deep, they do expect those players to be putting up 10 plus points per game every week to be cackling that they also have the running backs. And it's like, that's not... That's not what a robust running back means. It means you basically right. wave off wide receiver points because they don't give you as much value as top 12 running back points, which is true. 
What's not true is those top 24 running backs do not give you more points or more value of the stream than the top 12 wide receivers, which is why ADP is cockeyed, uh, as my dad would say. <laughs> as an English phrase, it's cockeyed uh, in that we're taking, according uh, to DLF ADP, last time I looked, I think we're taking 19 running backs before we finish taking the top 12 wide receivers, which is how you know we've gone robust RB as a consensus um i'm bringing it up because i think you want to talk a little bit about zero wybrid okay so mccall hardman i was never really a person who was high on mccall hardman and it was primarily because of his opportunity and market share i think that a lot of his good looking stats were efficiency metrics and how efficient (laughs) right in a really small sample And, and and so Eh, every every everything is a small sample. Sorry, right. I really do realize that I'm acting all, f- all drunk. Or I'm acting like I would if I was drunk, but it's not. I think I'm high on football right now. Yeah. I'm in a weird ass yeah. mood. I haven't been in this mood in how long's it been? 3 months? Yeah. Uh, feels like a year. Sorry, carry on. I just realized where it's coming from. I am oh, high on football being back in my life. It, it's good to be back, man. It it mm. is very good to be back. Freaking awesome. Um, but yeah, so I was never a guy who was really high on Michael Hardman. I mean, at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes had 32 attempts. So if he would have had 35 attempts and two of those attempts went to Michael Hardman and he took one to the house 80 yards, I mean, people would be looking at this from a different perspective. But this is this is what you're gonna get with Michael Hardman is he he's not as talent in terms of a talent standpoint and his prospect profile. I mean, he's probably pretty close to Demarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins. And so he's going to be kind of sharing those targets between the the three of those guys. And you never know who's going to get, you know, significant targets out of those guys. And you're, you're hoping for a long hyper-efficient touchdown out of him. And that, that's why best ball is fine. And that's a kind of a cliche when it comes to these type of players. But um, I, I know guys that were really high on him, really smart guys who were high on Michael Hardman going into this year. And I just never saw it based on a, on an opportunity standpoint. So. No, that's fair. Um, I read uh, Blair Andrews is uh, pretty much who I consider the authority on most of this stuff. Um, he writes a wrote of this and he actually was one of the people pointing out the, in the touches that he had. So it's not, I was a little unfair characterizing it as a small sample. What he did in his rookie year crossed Blair's threshold for enough touches to judge. I just think that threshold's a little low when that's really all the player has on his profile that's positive. That's all he has. Right. But he did say that that's a good enough threshold. It's what he's been using, and Blair's much much better. Than, I mean, he's great. So I'll just take that as red. But I, I do – it makes me question it. When that's all you have, and it was just over the threshold of touches. And on those touches, he was more efficient, and Blair has sung consistently – that there is a higher hit rate on those players who are efficient on X number of touches and above get more volume the next year. But that's what Blair's done. And that was both the genius and the problem that I think some people miss with that tape. Like what it does is it splits players in their rookie seasons or sophomore seasons into two groups. Those who are efficient, those who are inefficient over a certain touch threshold. And one has a higher likelihood to get increased volume. That's incredible research. I really enjoyed it. It's something you should definitely read, and it's valuable. But it wasn't 100%. It's not like if you're efficient in your rookie year over a certain sample, you get more volume the next year. It was a much higher, significantly higher hit rate. Like, it 
not just hit rate, like it was that's those are the players that might go forward. But when that's all you have and it, you're barely crossing the touch threshold, like and by by all he has, I mean his college production was naff. I mean, to use another English anachronism, um it didn't cross any threshold that you really wanted, even though a lot of tape people liked the skills he had on tape. And some of them, I think they haven't been on my feed a lot before, so they were unaware that fact, most of the things I say, especially on game day, are mostly sarcasm and me trying to troll myself. <laughs> um, uh, was pointing out that Holman was playing a vital role in this offense. And I was like, look, everything I talk about, everything is fantasy football related. <laughs> like, I'm, this yeah. guy could be... A, the Chiefs clearly value him. Right. He has a role in one of the most high-powered offenses. Like Sammy Watkins, he's not bad at – I would never dare to question or even try to quantify how good at football you actually genuinely have to be in terms of your actual real-world talent just to get into the NFL. Right. As an undrafted free agent, let alone a draft pick. I mean, you're at the top 1% top 0.5% of the entire world at this one particular thing. There's really no way for me to pay respect to how incredible that is. I'm talking about fantasy and those guys with those profiles, despite that higher hit rate on that efficiency in that small sample, like it just seemed like a lot lower bet than I think most people were taking Blair's and other people's research to mean. Um, and I didn't like his college profile. And that's normally what I default to. Have you shown the ability in an easier circumstance, which is every right. college team, so that I can really believe on it, believe in it when you get to a much harder situation, which is an NFL team. And he didn't, so I'm out. Um, but yeah, all that being said, he's clearly incredibly talented at the game. The Chiefs value yep. him. He's going to have a role. There is so much a player on offense can do to help a team that other people aren't as good at that doesn't show up in fantasy stats. So we don't care about it. Yeah. So it doesn't mean he's not good. It's just I'm talking about a very specific thing. I hate doing those little caveats, but especially yeah. early on, and I, I think that guy had never come across me before, and I was just like, just to be clear here, yeah, phenomenal, just not what I'm looking for. So I thought I'd do it again here because I'm really hyped about the season being back. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to be able to say good and bad without having to worry that people think I'm judging these players or their actual ability or thinking that I am an actual, I know nothing about being an NFL scout. I use draft capital to take advantage of all the hard work that I could not possibly do to yeah. create those evaluations <laughs> and determine draft. Like I'm just baking it in, just accepting I can't do that myself and trying to adjust it by something else. So um, yeah, and that's what I see with McCall Harmon. It's like he has a higher hit rate rate on this one thing, which is important, but he's never shown an ability to be a, beat out Tyreek Hill or yep. to be damn you Dick, Jacob Rickrow but it's true I mean those elite quarterbacks in their prime it's just different it's a different story and you have to adjust for that high-end range of the distribution you know yeah and you know like Demarcus Robinson today he dropped two touchdowns you know and one of, one of them was initially called touchdown callback and then another one hit his chest and he dropped it so if, if you would if you would have caught those two it's a totally different day than, than what showed up on these stat lines so right and yeah. and to be fair robinson was a guy there was a three-way discussion about connolly robinson and hill back in the day all right. those years ago and i was kind of on robinson i got some hill shares because he was dirt cheap because we hadn't seen him play and he had off field troubles but um, yeah. uh, but I like Robinson because he actually played uh, 
through college. He had a 19 age breakout age. And I was like, there's at least one guy who's shown himself capable of being something more in a worse, easier situation. But um, yeah, to your point, I mean, I don't think he's any different than McCall Harmon. One week is going to be Harmon. One week is going to be Robinson. So Travis Kelsey's good. Patrick Mahomes is good. Uh, <laughs> good. Is good. Um, yeah, right. I think that, I think that about wraps it up. So, do these deep wide receivers like McCall Hardman and Randall Cobb struggling, or you know, doing kind of what we had expect in a single game sample, um, mean that the depth of wide receiver may have been over exaggerated this offseason? Yes, a a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I, it's a one game sample, um, but I, I do think that the wide receiver depth wasn't as strong as people wanted to believe i i think that there's a lot of people who can still kind of end up in that wide receiver two range but the thing is it's super unpredictable on who it is that's going to end up there and so you know i i guess in terms of speaking on the depth yeah i i, I don't think that we are nearly as deep at wide receiver as we thought so but because you're if, if you go running back early and then you're just getting a whole bunch of, you know, later round wide receivers to kind of fill that void. I think you may have tweeted out earlier, you know, it'll, it's all fun until you have to decide who you're going to put in your lineup, you know. And, and so that, that, that's, that's kind of where you're at when you have all these, you know, mismatch of wide receivers who are these later round guys. It's like, who am I going to start? You have Mikael Hardman, who was playing in a game with a really high point total for this game. And you expected him to, you know, do pretty well based on everything that was available but he just ends up with one catch for six yards and that's going to kind of be what you get if you're piecemealing these wide receivers together now on the other hand you could have taken sammy watkins probably around the same adp as most of these guys and you're laughing right now that's a difficulty with the depth quote-unquote of the randomness of those deepest wide receivers scoring and again looking from week one maybe sammy watkins is the guy this year but tyree kill looked just fine and and made noise of his own. So I I don't think we have real reason to worry about that. And Travis Kelsey, as you mentioned, is still the receiver on the team. Um, The most solid, probably the most consistent, uh, as he has been for a while. So, yeah, I think that's a difficulty. So what I'm hearing out of your mouth, Blake Hampton, is that uh, it's actually a zero RB year, right? Is that that about what you're trying to tell me? (laughs) I'm I'm just not a fan of structural drafting in general. I, I think... I, I think that what we do is we take concepts from previous years and then we just try and copy and paste it towards the next year, even though it's a whole different player pool of individuals. Everyone has different ADPs. You know, we don't have Le'Veon, you know, I guess we do have Le'Veon Bells in the fourth round, but when Le'Veon Bell was a hyper talent and was being drafted in the third round, you know, you were going to win leagues by drafting running back later, you know? And so I, I'm not a huge fan of structural drafting because you're just trying to align a way of doing things with previous years. Um, Disappointingly reasonable. I, I <laughs> out myself out of the closet. I'm not either in the sense I'm going to do what I think is going to work in an individual draft. And I really think that's the majority of us. Like if the wide receiver is where it's at, that's what I do. If, if it's running back, which is really what you want to say win leagues, that's fine too. I think what's maybe misunderstood, maybe, because I'm not by no gene, by no means am I a genius that's going to figure out what everyone else is getting wrong. But and some things I do know is ADP is kind of with you right now to grab, or has been this off season to grab wide receiver value. 
Uh, like I said, 19 of the top running backs are being drafted before the top 12 wide receivers, and the top 12 wide receivers do outscore top 24 running backs and provide more value of a stream, even at the flex position. Like, that's not where it's at. So when we overreact, and I think we have strongly to good running back scoring in one week wide receiver year where the, the scoring was more evenly distributed through the top 12 um, than it typically is, uh, then there is value in doing that. But it, it depends on the draft, and I think that's the way most of us play it. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, stretch yeah. drafting, in the sense you take the lessons from it. Well, I do think I, we've lost some of the lessons because yeah. of running backs and what we want. We seem to have so much opportunity to draft them right now that we've adjusted the ADP a little too far. Maybe it's a slight inefficiency. And none of the off-season narratives materialized game one. Like Clyde Edwards-Lair wasn't limited because he's a rookie, so he couldn't pick up right. the depth chart like a professional yeah. <laughs> in a few short weeks. Like none of that materialized. So does that not maybe make you think that Cam Akers is a little undervalued and Daryl Ham Henderson's role week one might be a little overvalued? I'm 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 spinning a narrative here just to see if you oh, agree uh, with it. I'm 100 there. I, I think okay. Cam Akers has been one of the biggest under or best values in terms of his draft position of you know this entire redraft here so does it doesn't um, i mean to me that means you would start darren williams in this game above james robinson as pretty much the only rushing running back on his team even if it is a bad team like antonio gibson's with a low over under like antonio gibson's with a pass catching skill set like antonio gibson like why are we yeah. so low on james robinson yeah and, and if so that's, I mean, if that's but, what it is yeah, so so part of this is really the team, right? I mean, I think okay. Chris Thompson's kind of got this role solidified in terms of a pass catching role. Sounds like he's getting the goal line work too from reports that are coming out. And I, I think they're playing the Colts this week, and that's going to be a slow game with not a lot of possession. You know, Colts are probably going to hold possession by running the ball four hundred times in that in this matchup. Um, I don't know how much possession the Jaguars are going to get. I don't know how much they're actually going to run the ball because they're probably going to be down. So I, I guess that's my ideology. If, if it was a team like the Panthers that they're playing or someone that may be a little better matchup, it may be someone. I mean, I, I would definitely consider him over Henderson at this point. Um, I, I think it's a not a great matchup for the Jaguars in terms of their rushing productivity. Um, and, and, and that's kind of how I would evaluate this James Robinson thing is, you know, week one, we kind of want to see where those roles are. I mean, taking best guess, he's probably going to get the majority of the rushing share. Um, but but then you're probably going to have to take it game by game to evaluate what the game flow may look like idealistically based on their matchup. Um, and so I, I guess that's kind of where I've landed on why I'd still probably play Daryl Henderson. Blake, is there anything else you want to talk about or tell the people about? No, I mean, I'm I'm just excited we have football back, man. It, it's been a very long, long break. <laughs> so excited, man! It's great. I, I I've already prepared my wife that Sundays we're I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna be around. I'm just gonna be watching football on Sundays February. until about February. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm just excited to be back. It was fun watch actually getting to watch some football tonight, especially watching my Kansas City Chiefs uh, wall up on the Texans. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, I didn't even realize, I mean, everyone's been talking about it for so long. I thought it had to be overblown, but I'm literally feeling on a high right now because 
it's so fun talking with you all about new information and new plays and just the jokes on Twitter are fired. None, none, none of them mine, but <laughs> everyone posting that you are all just hilarious. And I love seeing you back on Twitter, making jokes um, about new information and new games. It was, um, I, I mean, literally I'm on a high. I, I really enjoyed it. And thanks for checking out this podcast. If you did, I don't know why you would, because we're not really a live take what just happened kind of a podcast, but this just happened to work out this way. I would definitely check out Blake on Twitter. He is one of the people you'd put in the up-and-comer categories. He's he's getting fast-track faster than I ever did. And he's a stat Marvin. He's working for one of the hottest new uh, businesses, companies, whatever it is, in the industry. He's really fun, and he's one of the top 100 DFS players in uh, DFS soccer according to him, but who else is ranking them, really? I believe him. You should believe him, too. Um, so check him out. Uh, really appreciate you coming on again, Blake. Do you think it went better this time? Is this one okay to post after I 100%. delete all of my uh, segues? <laughs> this was a lot of fun, man. I, I You know, it, it took me it, it took me a minute, uh, but I, <laughs> I, I appreciate you having me back on, throwing me under the bus on, on your lap. Of course. Uh, I, I, was, I was sitting in my car with just my jaw hitting the floor claimed of, <laughs> of I mean it was my fault at the end of the day no it but. wasn't it really really wasn't <laughs> um, yeah I, I didn't think you'd take it seriously <laughs> but I and you didn't you know it, it's just yeah. all fun um, I really appreciate you coming out man I honestly enjoy talking with you and yeah. hopefully someone else enjoys listening to us maybe a couple of people and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get to do it again. Um, are you on any podcasts right now, or is it just guest appearances for you? Right no, just moment? guest appearances right now until until someone asks me to to be on there. So I'm <laughs> doing some guest appearances at the moment. But well, you start your own, I guess, and then your partner leaves you, and you're stuck making a podcast with no way out. People start having expectations, and that's never good. Exactly, you have to do it every week. Guest spots are the way to go, man. Yeah. Um. No, thanks, dude. We'll have to have you on again to maybe straighten me out about some DFS takes because I've been asking about it, and apparently people still want DFS sheets from someone who doesn't play a lot of DFS, so I'm going to try my best, um, and you'll have to come out and straighten those stuff, that stuff out, at least with uh, DFS underscore Mitch on Twitter. He's the other guy who straightens me out on my DFS takes. Um, really appreciate it. Love talking to you. Thanks again, and thanks to everyone listening. Um, hopefully this one makes it to the airways, and uh, we'll <laughs> you again next time bye yeah man appreciate it okay that, that'll be around about where the podcast ends bye anyone who's watching on youtube appreciate it yeah chicken a crow chicken a crow crossing the road go clicking a poll twitter is gold player unfold so jake on the table and they on the place no pete enumerates the plays are analytical Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their in lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that, I, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road. Go clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold. So Jake on the table and they on the plays. No, Pete enumerates the plays are analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road. Go clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold. So 
Jake on the table and they on the place though. Pete and Numo, it's the place they're analytical.